My name is Scott, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Right? If you need it, there's proof in this photo album, which I'll pass around. Some new photos in there. Life uh, gets better. That's unbelievable to me. That li- my life is already wonderful. It just keeps getting better. And I try to you know, share that in that photo album. Um, rarely does someone outside of OA see that photo album. I like to keep it kind of within here. Uh, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I am kind of out of it. And the, the funny thing is, I was at the previous meeting, and my friend is sitting to my right and saying, you look like something's wrong. And I just say, oh, I'm, I'm good. Well, what is that about? No, I'm not, I'm not doing that good. I'm feeling kind of off. I'm uh, physically tired. I haven't slept well for two days. I had a very busy work week. I spoke at a meeting Thursday night. I spoke at the marathon yesterday. I'm speaking this morning. And uh, after this meeting, I'm picking up my mother. I'm going to take her grocery shopping. My sister may tag along. And then I drive them home. And then at 4 o'clock, I have a sponsee appointment, a brand new sponsee. At 5 o'clock, a brand new sponsee appointment. And um, I'm just tired, that's all. So my plan is that after the 5 o'clock sponsee appointment, my phone is shut off. And then I get to cook and, you know, relax and do some fun things. Not that this isn't fun, but you know what I mean. So uh, I didn't even prepare for this share. So uh, just very, very, very quickly, I came into the fellowship in March of 2001 at age 28. That was three years after I decided to kill myself with food. That means three years earlier at age 25, I decided that I was going to kill myself by compulsively overeating man-made junk food. All right? That's, a, that's very young to be preparing for your ending. Right? Um, I had a lot of suicidal ideations back then. I lived in a lot of fear, and I was extremely anxious all the time. And my self-esteem was really it was just... Poor self-esteem, poor self-image. When I came into the fellowship, I was 315 pounds, 315. Uh, I was so sick when I came in that I had to live in a halfway house. In fact, that's where I weighed myself. That's where I got that 315-pound number. There is an analog scale in the office. I said, hey, I just joined OA. I just want to know what my weight is. So this wasn't my first day, my first OA meeting. This was like maybe one week in. I stepped on the scale, and the needle went to 315. I think the max was 330 or something. So in these last 17 and a half years, I have lost 135 pounds. That weight loss number has been as high as 151 pounds. In the last 24 months, I have slowly gained about two-thirds of a pound per month on average, which means 16-pound weight gain since September of 2016. Historically, something like that would bruise my ego like you cannot believe. But for some reason, and this is a good thing, my ego is mostly okay with that. It's just part of the deal, I think. 
But I also am willing to look at it, and not on my own either. I have a brand new spanking, a new, brand new uh, sponsor. This is sponsor number eleven, and uh, you know we're just kind of doing some new things. Uh, I have a new kind of ten-step format that I'm using. Um, I'm weighing myself five days a week. This guy has what I want, and he kind of weighs himself about five or six times a week. So. My mind is open. I'm trying it, and actually, it's been a mostly good experience. Uh, what else? So I came in, got abstinent right away. Uh, that abstinence lasted two years, roughly. I then decided that I was home free and that I can experiment with the food. Right? Two years of, of, of abstinence from refined sugar. Two years of staying on a food plan that was three meals a day, nothing in between, one optional snack that I rarely ever used. To, in, in my crazy mind, that constituted being home free. And the 89-pound weight loss number looked and felt good, too. Got a lot of compliments. Got some nice things said to me uh, by, my, by my father and um, about my weight loss. And yeah, I was home free. Uh, I'll talk about more about that in a minute. So when I decided to uh, that I was home free, uh, I started kind of playing with foods, and then slowly I regained half of that 89 pounds, almost half of it, 44 of it, and I found myself in the midst of what ended up being seven years in the relapse mode. Now, in that seven-year period, it wasn't like binging every day. You know, there'd be two weeks of abstinence, a month of, you know, in the relapse mode. You know, three months of abstinence, two weeks here and there, one day. It's just, I never could get back that, you know, that consistency with my abstinence based on what my plan of eating was at that time. And generally speaking, it was just that same original plan of eating. Three meals a day, nothing in between, one optional snack that I rarely used, and no refined sugar. Uh, so it's funny, as, and then I've been abstinent the last eight years, right? So you, you can have some pretty good philosophical discussions about how, what constitutes relapse, I think. Because here's the thing, if I told you all that I gained two-thirds of a pound this month, it doesn't seem, it seems harmless. But if you add that up over the last 24 months, which equals 16-pound weight gain, that kind of sounds like relapse, at least in my head, right? That kind of sounds like relapse. But I don't think I'm in relapse. So I, I don't know. This, the, the food thing in, in the food programs is kind of funny. We all probably have different plans of eating. We all probably have different you know, definitions of a higher power, right? We all have def different definitions of, of relapse and abstinence and all that stuff. So it's... It's a lot different than you know, the traditional AA and NA, where you, you drink alcohol, you're, you're not sober. If you use street drugs, you're not clean. So, uh, yeah. All right, so because I had that period in relapse, I almost feel like I've had two different what I was likes and, and two different what happens, that's what happened, plural, and then one what I am like now. So let me do my best to kind of describe that. Um, so what I was like was I was miserable. As I set, set up front, I was 25 when I decided to use compulsively overeating to kill myself. 
Uh, welcome. The, the, the pain was so great. Uh, the, the suicidal depression is something that's undescribable. If anyone here has ever lived with that, you probably know what I mean. But like then we all have our kind of own experience with what suicidal depression feels like. The, the best I can say to you all is just this, the most, it's the deepest, darkest thing. It's the worst feeling I've ever had. It's worse than anything physically I've ever experienced. In fact, some of you know that about 53 months ago, I decided to hop off of, hop off of psychotropic medication number 20, 20 of 20, my final one. And it's been a hellish experience because the withdrawal symptoms are, it's kind of like a suicidal depression. It's like unlike anything you can even imagine. I read all this stuff, I was prepared for it, and still it wasn't enough. And I'm still feeling some of it, but a lot less, thank God. Uh, so that depression, as bad as these withdrawal symptoms are, that depression was way worse. So that's that. Uh, I first misused food at age four. I found my first binge buddy at age four. That was my father. By the way, he was in my life since I was alive, but he, we, we, you know, he decided that we can eat junk food together and overeat junk food together when I was four. Um, the second time I misused food was age four as well. And I was four years old when I learned the hard way that my dad has an issue with rageaholism. He, he has rage, rageaholic episodes, if you know what that is, right? Um, so right there at age four, things got pretty dark in my life. And I don't think any four-year-old deserves that because things are just not supposed to be that way. You know what I'm getting at. Um, when I was around eight years old, this same father had me go to church and I started to develop some irrational fears of God. Uh, about a year later, I began to gain weight. Like it really, if you look at my school photos with my last five minutes, you see that I'm a lot bigger than my classmates. And that's when the teasing around being overweight came in. And that's where just the, so I think some of the poor self image stuff came in. Uh, so that's kind of what I was like uh, the first time. What happened was, is um, this beautiful woman that I had a crush on invited me to an OA meeting. And I said yes to her invite because I wanted to hang out with her. So that's how I found OA. But I stayed in OA because at that first meeting on Friday, March 2nd, 2001, for the first time in my life, I heard people speaking about food in a way that was foreign to me. People talked about the shame and the guilt and eating out of their garbage can, all these things that I thought were unique to me. And I thought, okay, this is different. So I, I've kept coming back. I went to meeting number two, two days later. Uh, and then um, I you know, got a sponsor immediately, was absent for two years, and then I, like I said earlier, experimented with food, and then seven years in relapse. So what I was like, again, part two, is that time in relapse. Uh, I kept coming back to meetings. I didn't leave the fellowship. I still worked with sponsors. I still did written 10 steps almost all the time. I still did, I had this regular gratitude you know, list um, practice. I did all these things except 
be honest about being in relapse. And because I took this for granted the first time, I was not equipped. You know, I didn't have these, these tools. Like, I didn't feel like I can make an outreach call and say I was in trouble with food. I didn't feel like I can tell others that I think I'm slipping and sliding and I'm probably in a relapse. Um, I didn't have enough humility to, uh, to say those things. I didn't have enough humility to not get an anniversary coin when it, would, when it would have been my fifth year of abstinence or sixth year of abstinence. And I was back to where I was originally with the where, what I was like. That shame came back. That guilt came back. That deep disappointment in me came back. And, you know, it wasn't really spoken of as much, but I really feel like that deep disappointment from my family came back, especially my father. When I was a kid, he called me fat back all the time. So getting his accolades when I got absent the first time was a huge deal. And to throw that away, it's like, God damn it, you messed up. I was at my home meeting a few weeks ago. This is a century meeting on Tuesday nights. And the speaker talked about her time in the relapse. And she described it as like having this treasure that she lost. And the way I like to look at it is like, it's like I had this winning lottery ticket and I tossed it away. It's like you effing idiot, you. But that's, that's, that's the old Scott's brain being mean and being abusive to myself. You know, that's all that stuff. But that's where I was at the time. Thank goodness I'm not there anymore. Um, and then what happened, part two, is I finally admitted at a Thursday night meeting on 19th and Judah that, hey, guys, I'm in relapse and probably have been for, at that point, about six years. I got a brand new sponsor one year after that because, for real, the pain really was too much at that point, for real. And one of the gifts I got from my original absence is I start going back to school and I got some good grades and I'm, that was, I was losing that. Because of the foods I ate in relapse, I got really uh, fatigued. I had a hard time getting out of bed, and I was prepared to quit school. And so even that, I was ready to throw away. Um, thank goodness that didn't happen, because I ended up wrapping up that bachelor's degree. And on June 6th, I got my master's degree. Uh, so that's what I was like. That shame and guilt came back, and the, and the disappointment came back. What I am like now... Uh, things are wonderful. I mean, today is just one day that I'm feeling kind of off and tired and overwhelmed. It's just one day. Um, I'm probably going to feel a lot better tomorrow. Maybe even about 12 hours I'll feel better. But what I'm like today is I did complete that master's degree. Um, on, June, uh, on July 5th, I began my first ever big boy full-time job. I'm a counselor for the state of California. I work mostly with students with disabilities between 16 and 21. Um, within the Oakland Unified School District. Um, I have been in a romantic relationship with a woman uh, on Friday. It was five months. And I got to tell you, I, I have no problem saying this. I don't believe in jinxes anymore anyway, but this is more about confidence with this. I'm pretty sure she and I are getting married one day. And I'm mostly sure we're going to have a child one day. And I, and I have to tell you, on that latter point, for a long time, I was adamantly against having a child. And I'll wrap up with this. But about six months ago, I had an awakening around that. And I got really emotional. And I thought, God damn it, the kid thing is yet another thing that this, this disease robbed me of. 
But then I did some work around it. And then I met her and we had this discussion. And now it's a real possibility for me. So things are excellent right now in my life. And God willing, in about two weeks, I'll have three months credit card debt free. My finances are good. And I'll wrap up, I promise, with this one last thing. I learned yesterday that I am moving out of San Francisco in four weeks. I'm moving to Concord. And it doesn't feel wrong. It feels very right. It feels like a higher power thing. It's the next part of my recovery. I am done. Thank you for listening. And I really love SFOA. I owe my life to you. Thanks.